Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Talking Hockey, episode 114. We got, again, Luke Martin and Eric here. Ty is... Again, gone for the umpteenth time because he decided to watch what baseball? Yeah, or some he such went to nonsense. the Leafs or the Jays game. Yeah, loser. Like he's so, actually at the game. Mm-hmm. So last so week he ditched us to play excuse. a game and playing a game. Or sorry, going to the game is better than playing the game. Uh, he's a loser for both. But anyways, that's <laughs> the, the week before that he was having. <laughs> so <laughs> that that is the only acceptable excuse, basically, okay. in my opinion. Understood. So, uh, anyways, welcome back, everyone, to the Talking Hockey Podcast. It's your favorite producer, Luke, here to remind you to follow and subscribe on whatever streaming service you use. Leave a review on Apple. Visit our website, TalkingHockeyPodcast.com, and follow us on Instagram at TalkingHockey for daily content. Now, let's get into today's episode with your favorite group of guys, Luke, Eric, Ty, and Martin. Uh, today, we'll be talking about stuff the like playoffs. mostly the playoffs, basically yeah. only the playoffs. I think we'll have to start with like the controversial goal call. because uh, We should start with the controversial, controversial no-goal call in game five. Was it five or six? Uh, five, five, game five. five. Yeah. Anyways, we'll, we'll talk about all that drama that's going on. And then, uh, you know, we can talk Tampa versus uh, New York Rangers, talk a little bit about what happened with Carolina and the Rangers series, talk about Tampa, uh, Colorado versus Edmonton in that crazy first game, uh, and kind of go from there. Sure. You, should we start with the... I think we should start with the kick goal um, in game five, just to set up the playoff mm-hmm. series that is now Edmonton, Colorado, if anything. Yeah. I think that goal should be counted. What do you think? Yeah, Blake Coleman's goal should be counted. That, that was such yeah. nonsense. They let those goals go in all the time. All the time. I'm pretty all sure time. people, people have like posted on Twitter. I haven't seen they have. There's tons yeah. of examples yeah. of that yeah, exact goal going in. And there's also examples of it not counting. Yeah, but the so, examples of it not counting are like more obvious kicking examples. Blake Coleman was stopping. Yeah, I think he was just trying to not run into the net. Yes, I think he, he was, was stopping, trying not to go into the net, and he, trying to kind of get the puck in at the same time. And he also really tells us he didn't kick. He was sliding, sliding through his other leg. So like he was literally on one leg. <laughs> like so, yeah, it, it was pretty rattling. Obviously, ended Calgary's season pretty much right there. Like I scored again in OT or before that game ended, but it's pretty that, that kind of broke, yeah, broke it the series Edmonton's way. Kind of mm-hmm. not that Edmonton wasn't the better team and meant much of that series and yes. probably deserved to win overall, but um. Yeah, not that yeah, Calgary didn't have a big kill because obviously they yeah. had a Calgary shot the bed in that series. Well, Markstrom shot the bed. Yeah, yeah. Markstrom shot the bed, and then you know they didn't they didn't score enough too clearly. Yes. Well, like, when well, you're goalie less than six goals a game, it's pretty hard. Yeah, to it's hard. It's hard to score six goals a game against. So it is. The least could hardly outscore Jack Campbell. And he was like, like but, four. But also the game. defense did, did not show up either. Like their yes. defensive efforts were like I don't know what. Again, we talked about this last week, so we don't need to re go over what the hell's going on with McDavid and Drysdale and how Calgary just completely failed to have any sort of presence against them. But McDavid literally just broke a Wayne Gretzky record of most consecutive points in the playoffs. Yeah, and I think also he's the first player since like 1995-1996 to get 150 points in a season. Is including regular season plus playoffs, basically. So that's a nice little record. And guess who he's with? Guess, guess the players from 1995. 19, yeah, it's like Lemieux and Yager, and I think Sakic. Sakic as well. Sakic. Sakic. <laughs> he's Jack. Yeah, like I don't know, that, that goal, that that Coleman goal was going to go in either way, whether he kicked yeah. it, whether he didn't kick it, whether that's one yeah. where it's like you see the written rule and then you remove all context. Yeah, and that's kind of like the offside rule and or offside goal that McCarr scored in game one of yeah, the series. Like very, very, very technically, technically not yeah. possession because his stick is two millimeters away from the puck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say sorry. It cut out uh, for some reason. We're back. We were talking about the Makar offside, just being very technical, like very technical, just removing all context technical, from yes. the call, and just being like, mm, no, 
we're going to just make up rules as we go. And that's what I thought Coleman's was. It was going in the net either way, whether he kicked it. I thought it was like, I can see how the refs thought there was a kicking motion, but I think the kicking motion was more to be like, oh shit, I'm going to run into the net full speed right now. If I don't push off my leg. Stopping motion. (laughs) Well, yeah, but like it, I understand how it can look like a kicking motion is all I'm saying. And I still think they got the call wrong. It's a kicking motion in the sense that his leg moved. Yeah. <laughs> that's all that's all it is. Yeah. The whole per because if you go to the like the purpose of the no kicking rule, so guys aren't literally like bending their legs and trying to swing swinging their, their foot. Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. I yeah. know what's happening, like, Eric, and I don't... is you have to plug in your mic, bro. Like I'm pretty sure it's coming out of one side. Because I hear static. Mic broken or something? Okay. Uh one of the cables might be loose or something, I don't know. But well, we'll try it next week again. Yeah. Um, yes, you want? I oh, were recording. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like I was saying, the whole purpose of the rule, like, I don't get how they're not considering like what the purpose of the rule is. You know what I mean? Like the whole purpose of the rule is so that uh-huh. they don't swing their like feet mid, like... and they don't have kicking like actual kicks going on, so that like goalies aren't getting hit in the face and players aren't getting cut on the like gigantic gashes on their legs. That's the purpose of it. His skate was on the ground. He was stopping. Like, it makes no sense. Like, it doesn't even – It legally, it, it may be kind of a kick because you're hitting the puck in. But the whole purpose of the rule is so that they don't swing at it. And he didn't swing at it. He's directing yeah. the puck. And yeah. they let those goals go in all the time. So, it, it. I mean, yeah. And the thing is, like, he probably – the way he was falling, if he had a not moved his foot the way he did, he probably would have hit it in anyways because it was, like you guys said earlier, it was going in. So it was going to be a goal. Yeah. No matter what. And then just because you can visually see Coleman look down and be like, okay, if I move my foot like this, mm-hmm. it will go in yeah. for sure. Like you can see him do that for sure. I I have no doubt he tried to use his leg to yes. get it in. But if he had a fallen and not tried to direct anything, I think he would have. It would have went in. With and him I think anyways. if he didn't do that at all in the first place, he would have smashed into the net regardless. Which, which you're right. I think it should stuff like that should be yeah. considered. Like if it's going in the net, no matter what he does, and he just helps it along plus prevents himself from <laughs> snowflake s- snowball what's his stupid name dog. Yeah, stupid Such a snowflake. bad bad dog anyways yeah, it, I mean, I, yeah. it's nice that Marin showed up for a second so <laughs> okay uh yeah I, I agree and then so to get back to the macar goal then the whole purpose of that law is that you know the it's offside in like 99% of scenarios. I don't, I've never seen some a call like that happen before because there's constantly, I think Luke's frozen or he's not frozen. I don't know. I'm never not mind, moving. Not. <laughs> yeah, that's why. <laughs> yeah. uh, in every other scenario, when they call offside, it's situations like that. Like he very rare or not very rarely, but very much of the many times, they don't directly have the puck on their stick. That doesn't mean they can just waltz right in with it, just like while the guys and still in the zone. Like it makes no sense. And the whole purpose of that rule is so that 
you know, you don't have people cheating and staying in the zone and all that. You have to make them clear. So, like, again, this is a situation where, like, very, very, very technically he's onside. Um, but the spirit of the rule is getting completely broken in that sense. So I don't under like the NHL is just stupid. Like I don't, I don't know what's going on. My I don't know if this playoffs have been especially bad with refereeing because yeah. I think every year we're just like Jesus Christ, it's like brutal. I think but... this year is especially bad. Like yeah, I, I think... think this year has been especially bad. But my main issue with the Makar goal is first off, I was like, wow, I watched it real time great goal great shot super sexy and i was like boo they're gonna wave this off because of offside and then they did an offside review and they called it a good goal which in which case i was like boo if you're gonna do an offside review at least get the call right like you know like yes like first off i want the goal to say because it was such a nice shot such a nice play by my car then i was like boo you gave him the goal but you got it wrong. And my biggest issue with this is that this is completely opposite of how we've defined possession for the last 10 plus ever since I've watched the sport, Absolutely. because as far as I've been aware, when you're, when you like touch the puck like that and control it and then move forward, that is still qualified as possession of the puck. I get it. If it was like Makar was like reaching out and then like barely got it, didn't have it on the the puck's a foot away and he's chasing it. I get that in the spirit of possession, that that is not possession. I get that. But my, my problem is now anytime a player is not touching the puck and they get hit, you better be calling that interference because you've just said that is no longer possession of the puck, which means that they are not liable to get hit. Otherwise, that is interference, yeah. which we know happens a hundred times a game. So what are we doing here? Preach. That's like that's my biggest issue with it. Preach. That's why I get annoyed. It make, that's what makes it so much worse. It's the impact it has if that is if yes. that is onside. The impact that has on everything else by how you define things gets completely changed, right? Luke's so right. It changes the way possession yeah. is defined. It changes the way offside slash onsides are def- onside is defined. And I'm actually any player doesn't want to get called offside now. He just needs to ha- make sure his stick isn't touching the puck. Yeah, which means the whole yep. p- the whole point of the rule was that Duchesne absurd offside, but by yeah. this definition. <laughs> He's technically not offside because he it's still delayed offside. He didn't touch the puck though. And that like I don't understand the comprehension that it has. Maybe I just can't comprehend it. But like it doesn't make any sense. If the puck is in while Nishushkin is coming out, that's a delayed offside. Nothing changed between make was wasn't Makar in the I don't know, maybe Makar wasn't Makar inside wasn't the line. In, he wasn't in, but his stick was in. His stick was in. And they're saying he didn't technically have. He possession. was touching it, and uh, it's mind-boggling. Yes, it's it's mind-boggling to me how many like like Elliot Friedman and stuff are, are agreeing with this call, and it's like way to tow the NHL line, yeah. man. Like, yeah, it's just like it's such a butcher yeah, call, man. Like, it just seems and, really and bad. And Luke's point um, is the the most important part of it, which is yes, you've just changed what possession sets, means. Yeah. Forever. Yeah, if I was a player, yeah. like what is possession now? If Nobody I was a knows player, what possession is. Yeah. Other possession is quite literally only if the puck is literally touching your stick. Which, when you're it's puck tough. handling, half the time it isn't. It's on not your touching. Stick. The, yeah, it's not touching the stick at all. <laughs> yeah, it's rattling. So, it's, it's so it's a when you get hit, is there still possession? Is it not possession? And, 
it almost didn't matter, but that be that that goal technically became it was a one goal yeah. game. Like that was <laughs> Colorado maybe still wins. Who knows? Whatever. But and and it's not yeah. like we hate Colorado. I want Colorado to win the series. Me too. <laughs> like I, I want them to win, but it was nonsense. Complete nonsense. It's just it's just classic NHL. Yeah. And then, so speaking, <laughs> since we're talking about refereeing, and I don't want to make a whole episode on refereeing because, you know, we, done we do this often. But someone tweeted, in the span of a year, Tim Peel essentially admitted that NHL referees do make up calls every game, have a bias for players both positively and negatively, might have been gambling with other players. And the crazy part, this might just be the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, I saw that so gambling is, one. Oh, yeah, so uh, t- so for anyone who's not aware of who Tim Peel is, former referee on Twitter all the time, tweeting his nonsense takes, very often just complete garbage. <laughs> and you're just like, okay, this is what he feels, and this is what he's willing to even share. I don't even know what, what he's hiding still. But if he's feeling this way, I guarantee there's a whole bunch of other referees that feel this way. And he's admitted a bunch of stuff. Like, makeup calls do exist. Like, he said it. We've even heard referees say it in the past. Like, on recording. Yeah, that's kind of We've heard it on recordings, too, right? Like, refs are like, oh, I really tried to get a penalty for this guy, but I couldn't do it. Right? Like, that. that is a recording out there. I think – I forget who it was from. I think it was Wes McCauley. Might be mistaken. That's kind of like human nature. I mean, but the whole purpose of referees is to fight against human nature. Right, like that's the yes. entire point of the job. But anyways, I'm then, looking at it right now. Tim Peel quote tweeted that or screenshot that guy and then shared it, being like, "Should I sue for def- defamation for saying I for implying that I gambled with players?" Tim, you said that. Yeah, he, <laughs> Tim Tim Peel's tweet was literally. Uh, Let's go back to um, Run Roulette or something like that. Uh, I think it was Brendan Dubinsky or something like that. Uh, yeah, some call uh, some Columbus player, Columbus Blue Live Blue Jackets player. And he was like, well, yeah, let's go back to the casino and blah, 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 like we used to, blah, blah, blah. Like, and then he's like, oh, should I sue him for slander? <laughs> so anyways, uh, NHL refereeing is a joke. Um, it's clearly influenced quite a few games in substantial ways this playoffs. Calgary, Colorado, um, the Leafs interference goal. There's a whole bunch of, a bunch of them going on. And... Uh, yeah, that, that's all I have to say about it, really. I don't know if yeah. you guys have anything else. No, not really. It was crazy. I just think there's just so many ways it changes how we think of um, possession now. Like, I, like, it, like, for example, if there's a delayed power play, Austin Matthews just keeps the puck at the end of his stick, like poking it forward, never actually possesses it, right? He never has it on his stick, just poking it forward. Is that – did he just not call a penalty? <laughs> Like delayed penalty based on the rule that he never had control of the puck, just pushing it forward. Yeah, you see McDavid rushing up the ice half the time. He's just putting it in front of him and fucking just whipping. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. Like, uh, there's just a lot of like what that I saw. I mean, and the NHL's historically been very bad with interference. I have no idea what interference is in the NHL anymore. No, like, me neither. It, it, I I can never call whether something's interference or not. I never know. It's every time the most I think it's interference, ones. I'm just like, it, it, yeah, it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. have no idea what interference is in the NHL. Absolutely no clue, and I don't think anyone else does either. No, 
Also, okay. this playoffs is clearly showing that no fans actually know the rules of hockey. Or the NHL doesn't know the rules of hockey. Someone's I don't know. Everyone's that. screenshotting that that the rule book, and I'm like, I don't know how you interpret this as not possession when like the the definition of possession has not been direct contact with the puck for like for a lot of things. So That's I don't know. Anything. I don't know. Maybe it's a moot point. But uh, let's preview the series then. Uh, did we did we preview it? No, we didn't know Atlanta, we or we didn't know didn't. any of the series last time. No, we didn't. But did the, we want to respond? I think two of the series weren't over. New yeah, York, so I think Kings. New York and Carolina, we didn't get to really cover too much because I watched the last game. And now we'll be back after a word from our sponsors. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And now we'll get back into the show. I watched the last game. Bro, that was so boring. I I watched it. I watched after all the good stuff happened. It was a dull game. (laughs) Yeah, Carolina. Carolina got smashed. So good. Uh, They completely choked it. They're a better team, but the Rangers, like they, I don't know what the hell is going on. I mean, besides the fact that they did, you know. They didn't have a starting goalie playing second stringers and third stringers and all this stuff, but they didn't lose this series just because of goaltending. Like, they didn't. No. They didn't. Part of it was goaltending. Does it feel like the weirdest? But it wasn't goaltending. Does it, does it feel like a weird thing that New York has home ice advantage against Tampa Bay when it feels like yeah. New York's the biggest fraud in the playoffs <laughs> yeah, right now? Yeah, it feels weird, but like, that's because Tampa had a really biggest... bad, like, not a really bad regular season because they still were like at 100 points, but... 110. They, they, yes. Like, they, it's also because New York... They had a New really bad Metro, regular so they had season more easy with a winning games. percentage of 640. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, New York Rangers were a good team. But also, they were a team that, for most of the year, relied very heavily on Shostakin. Right? Yeah, Shostakin was yes. on pace up until like March, of the best goalie season ever. Basically. They had the same amount of points, and they could but, still win this. Uh, New York had way more regulation. No, actually, why are they higher? Is it because strictly because they were a three seed and New York Rangers were a two seed? Because Tampa, Tampa yes. has yes. more. Yeah, it's all yes. about yes. the it's all about the oh, seeds. Fuck, that's stupid as hell. <laughs> they have more regulation overtime wins. Once it should reseed, no? Oh, that's kind of no. ridiculous. Anyways, they're losing one nothing right now. The Rangers? Yeah, I, no, I, sorry, I mean, Tampa, that kind of that doesn't. 
Tampa, it does make sense that they're losing just because, like, if you think about it, Tampa's had nine or ten days off. So, yeah, like, they've been yeah, off for quite a while. Our, like, score, I feels like, in the first two minutes of every game, too. Like, it seems like they're always <laughs> up early. This is yeah, the first and... running goalie that they faced, though, since game one. Yeah, of the... it is. So, yes. the, that's going to be an interesting one because they really haven't played against any first-line A good goalie. line yeah. goalies. And I think, as of right now... I don't think Braden Point's return, right? I don't think he's playing in the game right now. John Cooper, like, right before said he was uh, unclear if he was starting or not. I don't know if he actually ended up starting. Because the game's happening right now for anyone actually listening. Yeah. Just started. Um. Yes, Martin? Yeah, playing in the Eastern Conference Final would be a bonus, is what Cooper last said. Yeah. Point. So probably definitely not playing yeah. game one. What the um, yeah, so they're missing their first line center. They're still a better team than New York. New York can win, but I, I, I think most people would, should be betting on Tampa here. I have um, like Tampa in five. Yeah, but New York does have a little bit of, uh, you know, Montreal, Dallas dust falling on them right now. It feels a little bit. Yes. They got a little bit of the magic. For coming. sure. You know, everything's coming together at the and right like you time just said. perfectly. Like you just said, they have Sheshirkin who was having a like a breaking record year before mm-hmm. March, and then he's and then still he's gonna win the Vesna this year. And he's <laughs> no, he's still gonna yeah. win the Vesna, and he still regular. carried them through this playoffs. Basically. Yeah. So if he goes to start yeah. mode, they win. Uh, if Tampa can't overcome Braden Point, they'll win. New York, um, New York should have never been out of that first round, but alas, yeah, I mean, I think Pittsburgh was the better team. But they just got they got Pittsburgh yes, got goalied by their third string. <laughs> yeah, they, they got negatively impacted goal yes. goaltending. Yeah, yeah, Pittsburgh. Yes. Yeah, that was a complete disaster from a goaltending perspective. Yeah. but they were far better. Pittsburgh also had a whole bunch of injuries. Yeah, yeah. Like, Crosby is out for a bit. The Tang was out. Gensel was out, and that's because Trub has been injuring guys. <laughs> like, I think most of his playoff. most of his hits have been clean though. I, think, I don't ha- know. Hasn't Truba Tampa injured, Bay just scored hasn't Truba injured like three players this playoffs already. <laughs> I don't know. I think I yes, I think most did. of his hits. It have is been three. Clean, I think it's they're clean. They're all clean. They're just big. He's just a big boy. He's a big boy. I, love I think there was like one hit that looked a little boys. dirty, but anyways, yeah. Um, if you're talking about the Crosby one, it's just because. Crosby's head like whips back. Yeah, I don't uh, think, I think there was anything. But, yeah, I don't think there was any ill intent by Truba on that. Just a as much as I want him. New York Rangers to get embarrassed <laughs> in the series, I won't. Hate I want Trouba a competitive series. I don't want an embarrassing. Like, I want embarrassing. I want New York. I want Rangers to at least game six. I don't want another four or five game series. I don't want Chris Drury winning GM of the year because of his his goalie. Yeah, well, that's gonna have that's gonna happen no matter what. It's gonna be Drury or Ken Holland right now. Like I guarantee they're gonna be. I mean, Luke, yeah. uh, Luke actually had a funny. <laughs> so Luke in our group, he sent so us a message. Chat, uh, it was like two days ago or something like that. And uh, and I I like looked at my phone and he's like the Ford conference, uh, the four final uh final. No, the three finalists. Sorry, three finalists. The three finalists. The year award. And then he is like number one Ken Hall or uh, Chris Drury, number two Ken Holland, and then number three, number three uh, Joe Sackett. 
So, and then I genuinely, for like a couple, I, I believe you. I, I thought, I, I thought, thought it was, was, was reading. I was like, like I 100% believe Luke. I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. When you, Is it yeah, accurate at first, all? No. Just the, <laughs> like, close? No. But, but I was like, the yeah, that's has been, it's three of the, it's, the trend has been, it's three of the last four GMs. Tampa Bay never gets any recognition yep. and it always goes to the one who gets yep. the best goalie or the best coaching. Yeah. And, and Gallant is, yeah, is not Gallant probably will win the Jack Adams because of best yeah. goaltending. And I when don't think coaching wise Adams, and yeah. analytically wise, they have overperformed in every metric all year. Cooper should win the Jack Adams just for the Lennon's boys have nine days off. Did you hear that? Like they didn't practice for the first five days they had off in yeah, between series. Oh, yeah, they, Cooper's like just go chill, boys. Like <laughs> We've been here before. You guys know what Cooper to do. Cooper is like, by far, let's... I think, the best coach. <laughs> I think he has the leash to do whatever he wants for the next seven years with Tampa and not get fired, and he probably will still win two or three. That's that's like Mike Sullivan, though. You know, like we thought that about Mike Sullivan, and then look, like people are talking about him getting fired and shit. Yeah, like, he won two cups in a row too. He's dealt with a lot of injuries. Yeah, and. Not he doesn't have the goaltender, yeah. obviously. Like that's that's the, helping yeah, Cooper. John a lot. Cooper, like you know, amazing coach, but you know, you're yes, still relying sure. on Vasilevsky, Vasilevsky. You always get gold. Getting freaking yeah. thirty points from Kucherov and Braden Point in the playoffs every year, or except this year, but like if you look at most of the series, like why would you say the losing team lost? Like Calgary lost because yeah. of goalie. Yeah. Um they got goalie both like Mike Smith decided to be an average goaltender, which yeah. helped uh, Edmonton. Um, Pittsburgh definitely got goalie because they had to play. Actually, here's a, here's a, a fact that, that even someone tweeted string. and I, I marked it down. The Rangers have played 5% of their playoff minutes against starting goalies, 58% against backups, <laughs> and 37% against third stringers. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah, and then you can just say New York's where they are because they've played backup goalies and stuff. So they got goalied into the, into the Eastern finals. And then Dallas almost goalied out Calgary in the first round. Yeah. So I mean, the, at the end of the day, basically it's largely goalie. come down to just, did your goalie perform? Yes or no. Right. Yeah. The year St. Louis yes. won the cup. Bennington went off the year. Washington won the cup. Braden Holby had an awful regular season and then lit, Lit up in the playoffs. Vasilevsky's been insane last two years. So is the reason you guys want uh, Edmonton to lose because you don't think they deserve to be in the finals? Because I, I don't sure think don't they deserve think. to be in the yeah. finals at all. I think McDavid <laughs> and Drysital deserve to McDavid be in the finals. And Drysital, yes, <laughs> maybe, they do. Maybe add time into that group. But that's about it. Yes. <laughs> I want Edmonton to lose because I don't root for any Canadian teams once Toronto. I also out. don't think Nuge has been that great this playoffs, <laughs> has he? Like, I, I mean, he hasn't, like, you know, impressed me. The only thing I've heard about Ryan Nugent Hopkins this playoffs is that he showed up to the press conference yesterday or last night or this morning. I don't know which when in his uh, hotel slippers. That's all. I, that's, <laughs> that's the only thing I've heard about Ryan Nugent Hopkins. The only important thing. I mean. 
He has 13 points in 13 okay. Yeah, games. but I think a lot of that's coming yeah. from the power play. It's coming, you know, like stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, don't discredit him, okay? I don't. Edmonton's but anyways, team. like, I don't think he's been, I think he, you know, he's probably been fine. But I, uh, out of the games I've watched from Edmonton, I haven't seen anything where I'm like, ah, oh, he's, he's definitely, you know, providing when he needs to. Like, I think it's just, what I'm saying, it's like they're three top four forward guys just freaking destroying. Yeah, and then, going. Yes. You know, goalie. Except for game one against there Colorado. Was something... Wait, so before we get into that series okay. further, what are what is the predictions for Tampa New York? Because we didn't. I get think there. Tampa and six. I think Tampa. I think Tampa, five. Five. Okay. I think Tampa loses good. game one because uh, they're a little rusty, and then they come out firing for the rest of the series. They play with their food before they oh, demolish yeah. it. <laughs> I think we're also you guys are again. I still feel like right, the Rangers have a little bit of magic in them right now, right? Yeah. Make you know, we make fun of them because they, you know, they, they, you know. If Tampa wins Game One, the magic might die right and, there. And if there's one team that has some Montreal Dallas magic going on right now, if there's one team that can screw over any team's <laughs> magic, it's probably the team that beat those two teams. Yeah, <laughs> that, which is Tampa. Exactly. Well, I'm still, well, I'm still picking Tampa for the finals, but I'm also not saying they steamroll them because you know Montreal and Dallas weren't five game series right there's six this is true this is true good on you Eric. so yeah just yeah. thinking about it like that again tampa's probably still gonna win if they go up against colorado i still think tampa wins um that's my you think bet. tampa beats uh, the abs yeah i think so oh it will be such a good because I, I think Braden points back at that it time will be like... and i think you know colorado still doesn't you know their goaltending is a disaster right now yeah it will be like the only time I can remember where the two best teams face each other, if it happens. Um, yeah. For the last but, couple of years, there's always been a kind of a Cinderella team. Yeah. Yeah. And like when St. Louis won, like. St. Louis was the best team, but they really just got uh, there. <laughs> like, again, magical. They had the magic going. Everything was going, yes. you know. Well, for the Bennington, Bennington hit. hit, but St. Louis was the best team in the NHL from like December onward, right? Which is still half the yes. season. True. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I I want those two teams, but we also said, you know, what would be a good series? The Battle of Alberta, which was arguably a good series, but it would have been nice if it went seven, and then it ended up being Edmonton and five. Like, sure, and then everyone's saying, oh, the McDa- McDavid McKinnon series is going to be fantastic. First game. Came as advertised. I love yeah. running gun playoff hockey, man. Fuck defense. Fuck defense. That's, this is so yeah, that much. is the best hockey. Like, you know, having like – imagine like if there was like a Dallas versus like, uh, like Islanders final. Oh <laughs> like how miserable. Like, Three goals a game. Would uh, would you even watch at that point? Like I would no. I, pro- I probably wouldn't, <laughs> to be honest. Be so I have dull. better things to do with my life. I can watch grass grow. Yeah. I can watch. <laughs> I can watch I can try, stand at the wall in my room. Actually, yeah. that, is fun. that is fun. <laughs> no, I, I just, uh, I don't, I want a fun series for sure. And it's so, like, the best thing about the lease being out is that it's not stressful anymore. I will say that, like that. Watching a hockey game isn't a stress-inducing event. Um, must be nice for Martin to never have stress-inducing events because none of his games mean anything. So uh, I understand why why you enjoy hockey so much right now, Martin. Well, it's fun. This is, this has been a good playoffs. 
It's been a good thing. Overall, yeah, the first round though. was like Leaf lost. Yeah, yeah. Almost every every round in the first, uh, almost every series in the first round went to seven, except for yeah. the sweep by Colorado and what the Minnesota one, which was predictable. Is are those the only two? I guess most of them went six or seven, which is nice. Um, but yeah, that was that was a good first round. So Who, get what, some what context are, into what I mean by like Ryan Nugent Hopkins, like having not done much from what I've kind of seen. In con- so controlled entry, so that's usually you know like driving offense, getting you into the zone, stuff like that. He ranks eleventh out of twelve Edmonton forwards for zone entries, and for controlled entries, he's number ten out of twelve. Well, or sorry, number uh, nine out of twelve. Like he he's just like he hasn't been carrying the puck. He hasn't been exiting the zone very frequently. He's like sixth or seventh in, in, on Edmonton and that. Like, he's just been kind of like there, which is, you know, I guess it's fine because if you have McDavid and Drysaddle doing their thing. But, yeah, he hasn't uh, he hasn't been great. And Duncan Keith uh, <laughs> has been brutal. Like, just brutalized by every team he's faced, basically. And you just know that he's going to get some type of credit for Edmonton's run. At the end of this. Oh, he already is. Like, every fucking person's like, oh. Like, that leadership. He's the exact experience. voice they needed. And he's just been oh like, he's like every single style. Like, carry-ins against, goals against, shots it's against, like, expected goals against. It's like, <laughs> Duncan Keith is not telling McDavid, hey, dude, go play out of your fucking mind. McDavid's telling McDavid yeah. to go play yeah, out of his Keith mind. Isn't <laughs> so, so, for example... So carry against percentage is okay. So the amount of time where a player is skating at you, how many times do you deny them from entering the zone, right? Or how many times do you let them go past you? So the Edmonton's best players mm-hmm. are Brett Kulak and Ed, Evan Bouchard at this. So only 40% of the time do players get past them, right? I've liked Bouchard Bouchard's been fantastic. Brett Kulak is, has been fantastic too, right? And he doesn't get enough, he doesn't get enough credit, I think, until right now. But guess what? So if, if Brett Kulak and Evan Bouchard allow 40% of players to get, get in the zone against them, what do you think Duncan Keith's percentage is? They yeah. let 40? 60? Duncan Keith's at 75%. Oh, no. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> so that's the difference. Like that's what I'm saying. Like Holy. you basically have a free zone entry against Duncan Keith. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you were guessing oh high God. too. I bet when you were doing that, you're like, "What's the ridiculous number? 60 percent? Yeah, 70, sixty. percent. Like, <laughs> like that's how bad he's been at it. Like it's it's freaking Jesus Christ." He's the kid. There was always a kid on the soccer team that you were like on deep. Like if you're you're telling your forwards, yeah. "Hey man, that guy's weak. Go at him." He's, He's the, the guy. guy. <laughs> He's and, the guy. and to make it worse, you know how like Edmonton brought in Duncan Keith because he was like, "Oh, he makes such a great first pass. He's gonna help exit the zone and all this other stuff." He ranks yes. bit five out of six defensemen for zone exits. And he's fourth oh on the God. team for possession exits. So he's not even doing the one thing that 
theoretically he's supposed, <laughs> he's supposed to be really good at from what we heard do, yeah. from everybody, right? Oh, don't, he's but he scored that big goal. He scored that one sure. big goal. Sure, and he's probably allowed like 18 <laughs> big goals against him in the playoffs. Like complete just – I don't know what's going on, but yeah. It, it's He's been bad. It's all – and I'll get exploited against, uh, yeah, against Colorado. Man, Colorado's like, whole goal is every freaking home game, you get McKinnon and Co. Or actually, your first two lines, but McKinnon and Co. against Duncan, that Duncan Keith pairing, right? Like, that's the whole yes. game game that series. Yes. Just get, get him against yeah. that pairing and just tear them apart. Because how much is duncan keith playing i bet he's playing a fight. i mean i think he was, i mean when i checked the one game he was at like 17 18 minutes but whatever right it doesn't matter if he's in out there for 12 minutes that's 12 minutes of free freaking domination <laughs> in colorado right and then you're put and then you're and then you're on the you know you're on the defensive and then he keith gets off and your other guys are just stuck in their own zone against whoever it is and colorado the thing is, like, Duncan Keith so far, like, these stats don't include what's happening in Colorado so far, right? Colorado is a pure, like, not a pure, but, like, the best off-the-rush team in the NHL, which means you're putting up Duncan Keith against the team that's the best at what they do in that area against his biggest weakness. So it's, it's, even, it's an even a bigger mismatch. And then McKinnon... It's only behind McDavid probably when it comes to entering the zone with possession, like kind of, you know, getting like it's McKinnon after Duncan, McDavid, right? So it's like Duncan weakness on weakness on weakness. Time. Like it's such a bad scenario for Edmonton. So it's even impressive that the, the game ended up 8-6 for them considering, yes. you know, Colorado could tear that bottom pairing apart, especially 18 minutes, man. You think it's a lot, a lot. I'm sure part of that time might be on like the penalty kill or you know, whatever or power play. Maybe I don't, I don't really recall, but not, not a good look. Though. I feel like Barry plays. Yeah, ba- Barry. I think it's Barry and Nurse. So uh, I take yeah. that back. But yeah, there's probably some special, special teams on that. Yeah. I don't. Um, so. I don't think there's much more to that series. I, I we just predictions. Uh, what are we? Yeah, I mean, call, I have Colorado in uh, six again. I guess most likely. I was gonna say five, but uh, I think McDavid and Drysaitel can pull a rabbit out of their hat a couple times. Yeah, I think so. And obviously, Colorado does not have goaltending, yeah. and Quemper left last night, so that's yeah, not great. Mess. Yeah, that's uh, that's worrisome. Um, yes, especially when you're going up against guys like yeah. So they're gonna have to score eight goals again again. Eighteen, eighteen. They're gonna have to score eighteen. Which they might, which they might be able to do because they obviously got to Mike Smith last night. Yeah. And I guess every every first game of the series of each series, he's been yeah. Mike like Smith that. has not so liked we'll game one, but so, yeah, I agree. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I think it would be hilarious. Did you see like Wood Woodcroft's like not telling us who he's starting? And it's like, dude, you're starting Mike Smith. Like, there's no fucking way you're not starting yeah. Mike Smith. That'd be so dumb to not start Mike Smith. And then if he flops to bed, then then you don't yeah. start him. If he flops next game, <laughs> yeah. then you don't. But start you got to give. Him, you have to put him in again. You have to go yeah. back. You have to. I agree. Yeah, you yeah. have to. Go he's been like the turn. Mike Smith is a. Uh, I think like 
and like some of these teams are such good examples of like <laughs> do you pay for goaltending do you not pay for goaltending do you just pray that your goalie goes on a hot run in the playoffs <laughs> like you don't know what you're gonna get <laughs> Uh, God. Well, you knew with Mike Smith. I mean, you knew, but you don't know. You don't know if you're going to get Mike Smith being decent or Mike Smith being, like, the worst goalie ever. Like, you just – I mean, yes. not the worst goalie ever, but, you know, like, just not good. Not <laughs> NHL caliber not good, great. especially at whatever, 38 years best. old, 39 not years best. old. Right? Um, yes. Yeah, and there's – So I could see the – I see Calgary winning in six, but I could see it in five, depending on how Mike Smith yeah. plays. Because I think Colorado is just way too much. Like, they have, like, almost every defenseman's better on Colorado <laughs> than any defenseman on and we got Edmonton. A, so that's we also a have a Jack Johnson versus Cody Ceci series, you know? You Cody Ceci has been, Oilers. actually, according to J-Fresh Hockey, Cody Ceci's been the best player at breaking up defensive plays. Yeah, I think he has, based off of what I'm People saying. People have been commenting. Yeah. Complimenting CC a lot. CC, do you love well, me? Yeah, yeah. He's been good against zone entries, but against uh, controlled entries, so players actually going against him, he's still been very, very bad at it, which is typical for him. So, but yeah, he. Uh, but again, he's only in eighteen minutes too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's just the fact that these two. But McKinnon can make Nurse look awful. And they're starting six defensemen. And then you have, like, teams like the Leafs compa- complaining about having, like, Justin Hall in their top six. Like, <laughs> the comparisons, man. Yeah. Like, you look at the sixth yes. defenseman or fifth defense, like, you know, Edmonton's sixth defenseman isn't even freaking Cody Ceci. Their sixth defenseman is Duncan Keith. Really, actually, I don't know by minutes, but by <laughs> time. Like, I think like, by minutes, like, it's Evan Bouchard. It is definitely... Um, Duncan Keith, and then yes. but well, that's like their bottom, their two worst defensemen right there, right? Whereas, and Abs, I don't think they'd be playing Jack Johnson if Sam Gerrard was here, but he's, uh, he's out for the playoffs, so that's yeah, rough killed uh, for them, because he's he is a big aspect, and again, that's another reason why I'm saying in six because they're they did lose a you know top four top pairing defenseman. But like Taves is unreal. Obviously, Makar is Makar. Yeah. Um, but Gerard really makes that third? second pairing. Like you know, like yeah, Gerard is their third yeah, normally. Number right? three. It's usually Kale Makar, Devin Taves, Sam Gerard, and Eric Eric Johnson, and then switch out that bottom pair with whoever. Right. Byron's been playing pretty well. Both. Bowen. Yeah. Anyways, that's the the two yeah. class series. I think everyone made those predictions, right? Hmm? Yeah, that that was kind of it. the other conversation that was going around was uh, because of the Rangers' success. People were talking about some of the worst trades in NHL history, and people were saying Panarin for Saad is one of the worst or the worst <laughs> for Chicago. Yeah, well, because yeah. they traded away Panarin and got Saad. And they obviously, you know, with some context, they traded away Panarin because they thought they couldn't afford him. Yeah. And therefore brought in Saad, which was dumb. But, and we said yeah. it at the time. Like, I think we all said it at the time. Right? It was just like a dumb trade. Even at, It even is funny how 
people will hate on the Leafs for signing guys to big deals, but they've never lost a skill like Panarin. And no one critiques Chicago. Well, people do critique Chicago. Well, the second one on this list is Rask for Raycroft. What? What? Are we doing this whole list? Yeah, no, it was just it was just someone's list okay. on Twitter that I, I was going to say. I feel like funny. we're we're done for today because there's nothing. There's <clears> and nothing then Kessel there. for second overall plus fiftieth, oh, uh, plus fifth overall, which ended up being Sagan and I forget who else. Uh, forget who's fifth in that year. But anyways, I yeah, feel like Andrew Raycroft for Tuukka Rask is worse than that. But anyways, and we're then done. there was Brassard oh, for Zibanejad. I wanted that to be mentioned too. Oh, okay. Didn't Saad win a cup? In yeah, but Chicago? that was in 2015. Yeah. So. Yeah, but Chicago traded away Panarin to bring in Saad back in like 2018 or 2017. I forget what year that was. So they brought Saad back oh, at the decline right. of his career while Panarin was peaking. My bad, my bad, my And then there's yeah. Broussard for Zibanejad in the second rounder, which was historically bad for Ottawa. <laughs> Anyways, that's it. Yes. Zibanejad, trading away Zibanejad for Broussard was bad. And a second bad trade. Yes. So they gave up the better player the better future player, and then they're like, oh, we got to add up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> look at Sabin and Jad right now. Sabin and Jad has like 18 points this playoffs. Like he's, he's a big factor. He's been in, on pace for like 50 in, goals for multiple years, and he's been almost point per yes. game. It, it's, no, it's, like, it's such a bad trade. My lord. All right, anyway, anyways, that's the end of the episode. Producer Luke wants to go to bed. He yeah. looks grumpy. Uh, thank you for listening. We love you. We got a hockey, got a game, hockey to game to watch, and I have a gym to go to. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into this week's episode. We love and appreciate each listener that sticks around to the end. With that comes reminders to leave a review, press follow on those streaming platforms, and make sure to head over to Instagram to follow Talking Hockey. We're on the road to 30K, and we can't wait to continue to build our audience. Luke, Eric, Ty, and Martin signing off. We'll see you all next week.